Galatians chapter 5. We're going to be continuing our our series in Freedom Shout, which just to say, we are getting towards the end of. Boo. Boo. One more time. One more time. So we're going to start from the beginning in January. We're all good. Um, We have Michael and Suzanne, as Becky said, coming next week. Michael is going to be speaking to us uh, in in Galatians as well. Uh, Then we have one more preach and a couple more Kellers, and that is it. Uh, so next year we will be starting a new series. Controversial. Galatians. Um, <laughs> Galatians. Um, so, what well, if you remember what we looked at uh, a couple of weeks ago was really the answer to a question that if you've understood the grace of God, if you've understood the freedom shout really, really well, then this question is just going to land right straight in your lap. And in fact, I imagine that when Paul wrote the book of Galatians and the Jews received it and, you know, the the new Jesus followers, the new Christians received it, they probably had the same question. And in fact, I imagine all the way through the years when people have really understood the grace of God, when people have really understood the freedom shout, when people have really understood it is all about Jesus, I bring nothing to the table. Oh, yeah, I do. I bring sin. I bring death. That's what I bring to the table. It's all about Jesus. He has done it all. He has made me right with God. I'm adopted because of Jesus, through Jesus' blood, through his sacrifice, his perfect life. The freedom shout. If you really understood that, then the question that we spoke a little bit about is would would go something along the lines of, well, Paul, if, if people understand this grace of God, if people understand their freedom, they can kind of like, they're free now, isn't that going to make a whole bunch of wild, wacky, Christians that just live for self-pleasure and just doing whatever they want. And what we saw in this piece of scripture in Galatians 5, 13 to 15, was really Paul begin to answer that question. And he said, with this incredible freedom, you get this opportunity to, through love, serve one another. And so... (laughs) Paul said, you know, yeah, you are free. It's amazing. Great news. You can kind of like do whatever you want. But what should you do with your freedom? And in fact, in some translations, we find become a slave to one another. Serve one another in love. And we discussed that this is the gospel. This is what Jesus was the ultimate free one. Father, Son and Spirit in perfect unity, perfect love, perfect relationship. He was free. Yet... He chose to become a slave, and that's the gospel. He, he chose to serve for us so that we could be given freedom, so that we could be, be given this access to God, this which we sang about and worshipped and enjoyed and got excited about this morning. It was because Jesus became a slave. He became a servant. That's the gospel. It's all about Jesus. And then we said, well, we've received the gospel, but we, hey, we also get to give the gospel. It's amazing. It's just beautiful that we are now free. And what what do we get to do with our freedom? We get to become like Jesus. And what did Jesus do with his freedom? He served one another in love. He became a slave. In fact, he, he served us by becoming obedient to the point of death on the cross. That's what Jesus did with his freedom. It's amazing. And that's what we get to do with our freedom, serve people become a slave and we looked at it specifically within the context of the church that Paul is writing to the context of the church that 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 he's saying hey guys 
in the church, what should your relationships look like serving one another through love? And so what will good first look like in five years, ten years, fifty years, a hundred years? Will any of us still be here in a hundred years? Maybe with a good diet. <laughs> Hopefully it will be a church that you can just feel the love where you can see, wow, this is a group of people, yeah, they're different. I think someone prayed earlier, yeah, they're, they're all different, yeah. They look different, they have different interests, you know, different backgrounds, whatever, different stories. Some have been a Christian for many years, some have been a Christian for a few years. But there's one thing, at least, that I can see that they all have in common, other than Jesus, and that is that they serve one another in love. And we saw that this is super countercultural. We live in a country and in a part of the world, it's not just Sweden, I think this Western society is generally a very, very individualistic society. It's all about me. It's not serve one another, it's not serve Alid, it's serve Josh. That's the view. And I think some of us have been safe for a long time, um, and so probably have forgotten that a little bit. Others of us have been saved a bit more recently and perhaps can remember, hey, I used to live a life that was serving for me. That was, that was become a slave to Josh and his desires. And so I remember, I was, uh, you can argue theologically or not, whether I was a Christian or not during my teenagers, teenage years. I gave my life to Jesus when I was young, but went right away from church. And I just served myself. Like, I literally did. I didn't care about anyone else. And I'm talking about, I'm not talking about just like school, you know, people in my school. I'm talking about my closest family. I, I stole from my mum and dad. If I need money, cool, mum and dad have money under like, their bed, I'll take that. I stole from my friends, my best friends, I stole from them. Because it's all about me. And, and, and the same happened to me. So I had friends, someone stole my bike that was worth loads of money, one of my best mates, because he needed it. He wanted some money for some stuff. Ser Self-serving, that is the culture that we live in. And I think it's the culture that a lot of us that have been saved out of. In fact, I was at the uh, like, uh, um, fish shop, fish counter, uh, in Monkey Beck, Ica, just yesterday, it was yesterday, and I was the next person in the queue, I hadn't taken a Numalap, but I thought there was absolutely no one else here, someone's just about to pay, the guy's seen me, of course he's going he's gonna to serve me next, and then <laughs> just before I'm about to say, oh have a bit of lax, someone like sneaks in a Numalap and says, it's my turn, and it's like this self-serving, like I don't care, I saw you there first in the queue, but there's this bit of paper that says this is my number and it's like I'm going to get in front of you even though there was no one else there and it's just like like I understand it's a really good system but, but on this, at this occasion I was like there is literally no one else there the guy's seen it's me who's next and this guy's just run in at the last minute I was thinking oh, okay it's very selfish but okay and I think it's the culture that we live in and it's the culture that we've been uh, born out of it and born out um, born again out of and so, what we see Paul saying, serve one another in love, become slaves to one another, it's counter-cultural. And perhaps even it's counter-us. And so, what we're going to look at today is Galatians 5. We're going to read the same piece of scripture again and a bit further. And we're really going to ask the question, how do we serve one another in love? Or more specifically, how do we change? How do we go from being this self-serving person to someone who is serving one another in love. So, Galatians 5, verse 13 is where we will begin. It's on the board as well. 
I've entitled today's talk The Battle. Okay, verse 13. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbour as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of angers, anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. The list obviously goes on. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Excuse me, I can pick on. So, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, and envying one another. Okay, it's a little bit of a heavy scripture, to be honest. There's some bits you like, kind of like plodding through, and like, oh, the, the list of the desires of the flesh is, oh, can I get through? It's like reading them out is difficult. And then there's another side of this um, small bit of scripture, which is like just absolutely amazing, the fruit of the Spirit. And when you just read that, it's like, it's just like it lightens me when I just go through these other fruit of the Spirit. And so what we've got, what we've got in this section is really like a battle, the battle of the Christian, the battle of life. And Paul, as he often does in Galatians and in other places, brings about a contrast. On one side, one part of the battle, you have the desires of the flesh. And then on the other side, he introduces the fruit of the Spirit. And so what I want to do in the remaining time is spend a short while looking at the desires of the flesh. What's that? And then a short time looking at the fruit of the Spirit. And uh, we'll take the flesh first. Okay, basically the desires of the flesh, as I actually said this a couple of weeks ago, is what, what does that mean? It's basically the desires of our fallen nature. It's things that perhaps we used to do before we got saved and things that we can perhaps be tempted to do even now when we are saved. Theologians will put this group, uh, will, will like put this list into a whole bunch of different groups. One theologian will say, "Okay, there's four groups." In fact, when we looked at Keller, he said there's three groups. There's a group for sex, there's a group for religion, and there's a group for relationships. Another way you can split this list is, "Okay, these are things that a religious person would do, and these are things that a non-religious person would do." I'm quite a simple guy. 
I like to put it in one list and it's just a horrible list. It's a list of things that you don't want to see. Yeah, it's also a list of things that you probably see every Saturday night in Gothenburg or everywhere around the world. Anger, sexual immorality, drunkenness, orgy, sorcery, all these things. If you, if you, if you think about it, they are just, we are just absolutely surrounded by them. And I, I, I would say that so many of our problems in today's society are just, are just due to this list. Like divisions. I, I'm, I'm a simple and a bit of a naive guy, but I often think, why is, why is there so much war in the world? I mean, we live on one planet, and it's a pretty small planet when you look at the size of like, the universe, galaxies and all that. We're pretty small. We should kind of get along because it's a bit crazy to be fighting. Yeah, what happens? There's divisions all around the world. You just read in the news, division, 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 anger, 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 anger. But then actually, if we zoom in a little bit, Sweden, within Sweden there's divisions. I think this political party is right. I think this political party is right. I think this football team's best. This football team's best. And there's these divisions. But then we can zoom in even closer, can't we? And I would say that within probably most of our workplaces, division, there's divisions. We should have half an hour unpaid fika. We should not, we should... We should have no fika. You know, there's divisions everywhere in society. And I think just as we look through this list, we, we just see roots of problems. Nina and I love to watch TV shows. As like, it's like our downtime. We enjoy watching different TV shows. And we've not got one at the moment. So after this, any recommendations would be wonderful. <laughs> um, but we started watching one which I can't even remember what it was called the other day. And the theme of it, obviously, we didn't continue watching it. The theme of it was all about affairs. So as a woman finds out her husband's having an affair, so what does she do? She has an affair. And it seems like that's the story of the t- TV series. And I'm like, really? People want to watch this stuff? Like, just affairs, sexual morality, sexual morality. Like, is that really entertainment? It's just our society, our culture is saturated by the desires of the flesh. So much so that people would choose on an evening with whoever they're with to watch a show about having affairs. That's the society that we live in. Big picture world, but actually we get down to our friends can be in these situations. Yet then we we go on in verse 21. Is it verse 21? Yep. To read this, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's very easy saying, yes, of course, you know, the people out there who are causing war, the people out there who are having affairs, the people out there who are drunk on a Saturday night in Gothenburg, yeah, of course they're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. But notice here that the context of this letter is not to the people out there. The context of this letter is to the people in here. It's to the church in Galatia. Church is in Galatia. Boy, it's sobering. And remember, this is the Paul who, (laughs) like, through the whole book of Galatians, he's just like, freedom, freedom, freedom. And everyone hates him because he's saying, freedom, you don't need to worry about circumcision. You don't need to worry about what you eat. It's all about what Jesus has done. Freedom, freedom, freedom. It's that Paul, remember. It's all about what Jesus has done. And then he says this incredible stark, scary warning, if you're stuck in these things, 
these desires of the flesh, these sins, you can group them as, then you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. It's a big, scary start warning. And he's not just talking about the people out there. He's also talking about us. So when you read this list, it's very important not to just skim over it and be like, oh, that's people out there. It's nothing to do with me. This is a difficult list. It's a difficult part of the Bible. I mean, I like the, I like the grace. I like the freedom. That's all good. And we're going to get back onto that in a minute. Let's just skip really quickly. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Actually, it's really important to look at this. There's a guy called John Maxwell, who's an American like leader, written loads of books about leadership. Um, and he talks about the 360-degree leader. And basically what that is, he says, you can't lead anyone well unless you're leading yourself well. And what you need to do to lead yourself well is look at yourself. So almost like have a mirror in front of you and say, how am I doing? And so I just really want to pause here and just like heed that warning of what Paul is saying. And I want to challenge you and encourage you in grace to look at yourself. Is there anything on this list that you're thinking, I'm struggling a little bit with here? Now, it's very, it's very important to just hit one verb. When Paul says, do, that is like the Greek verb, presentes. Do you like my Greek pronunciation? Presentes. Presentes. As you can tell, I'm a Greek scholar. Um, and what the theologians would say is this is a habitual thing. This isn't occasional lapses. Honestly, yeah, I definitely occasionally lapse into anger. Something that I need to work with. But what we're talking about here, what Paul's talking about is, are you habitually in some of these desires of the flesh? Because if you are, you've got to examine yourself. You've got a question, are you really saved? Are you going to inherit the kingdom of God? It's a massive, stark, scary warning, but it's also actually full of grace. Because what would be ungraceful is just say, yep, you carry on, knowing that someone's walking in front of a car. Sometimes we need a, stop! We need a shout. There's a car coming. Um, yeah, Paul says, 2 Corinthians 13, 5, examine yourself, test yourself. I just, I just, a bit of personal testimony, if I'm honest, something that I have struggled with and that I'm working through is occasional lapses into jealousy. And you'll, you'll think, you're, Josh, you're absolutely insane for the reason. I'm, I'm friends with quite a lot of people who lead church plants, and I used to get jealous of when I heard success stories. So, for example, our church, you know, grew with a new family today, or there's a few people saved, or we received a big amount of money through the post or something like that, and I'd be like, oh, Super like, why doesn't that happen here? And it is happening here, okay? So don't hear what I'm not saying. But, oh, really no. yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, and I used to get a bit jealous about that. And I realised, like, what a silly thing to do. Like, what a really silly thing to do. Paul, uh, I was actually challenged by the Bible. It's so important that we read and get, not, not because it's like law, we must read our Bible, but because there's so much good stuff in here. And I was rem- reminded of Paul, and he often says, I give thanks for you talking about a church I remember you with joy talking about churches and it made me realise it's good 
that other churches are growing. It's good that we saw baptisms in Mexico, in York. That's good, because what that means is the gospel is going forward. Jesus is starting to establish his kingdom more and more. He's building his church more and more on earth. That is good. That is absolutely nothing for me to be jealous about. It's something for me to be joyful about and excited about. But that's what I, I mean, that's just me being honest with you guys. It's something that I've had to work through, and I feel that I am getting there now, to be honest. But none of us are perfect. When we get saved, it doesn't mean you automatically all your attitudes and your behavior that you bring with you get like perfected and you become like these like shining perfect people walking around just full of love and joy and never angry and you know we can occasionally go into these things and so the question that we need to ask really is how do we get away from this yeah, I think I think if we were to be honest and have a hands show, which we're not going to, um, I think we'd we'd say all of us fall into at least one of these occasionally. Um, so how 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 do we get away from? Are we all no hopers? Is it like oh we're going to feel guilty for the rest of our lives because you know we're falling into this? How do we get away from it? Well, Paul gives us the answer. It's verse sixteen. I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. How do we get away from that, that jealousy for me, or perhaps the anger, or the drunkenness, or whatever it is? Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. God has been so good to us, because Jesus sent the Spirit as a helper. He didn't say, right, you're saved, that's a good job, off, go. Try really hard, go, go, go. You can do it, on your own, no need for help. God sent, or Jesus sent the Spirit as the helper. So we don't need to live our Christian life alone. We have friends around us, which is great. That's part of church. Join a church. Get involved with church. Yes, yes, yes. So we can all high-five each other and say, yes, how are you doing? How are you doing with that? How are you doing with that? Come on, let's pray for you. Blah, blah, blah. A little bit like what we do with Jared. But more than that, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us as believers. And what's the role of the Holy Spirit? One role is a helper. In fact, we... We see through the book of Galatians that there's, there's different things that the Holy, Holy Spirit helps us with. In Galatians 3, that, that the Spirit helps us live a miraculous life. That we can expect to see someone who is ill, pray for them, and we can expect that God will, will, will make some sort of miracle out of it. Some great stories about that. Galatians 4, we see that the Spirit cries, Abba, Father, and we had Ula from uh, Stockholm come and talk about that and he said you know this is it's like some warrior shout but also this tender father daddy papa sort of cry as well it's the spirit of adoption that's that's how the spirit helps us there in relationship with the father but here we have some really really practical stuff the helper the spirit is poured out into our lives to help us live a godly life where we are able to say no to sin and yes to righteousness, yes to God. It's the role of the Spirit. We don't need to do these <coughs> things. Uh, we don't like, need to start living this like try hard, perfect life where we're all super um, trying our best and there's, no, there's nothing that can help us. The Spirit is poured out as a helper. I think just very, very quickly to touch on walk. Paul says, walk by the Spirit. I think that's great and really, really helpful. 
often in the Bible uh, we, we see that the Christian life is not like one of stationary, like no, no movement, no growth, no going forward. If you cross the line of faith, you don't stop there. But the Christian life is uh, described often as a walk. Walk by the Spirit. Walk in empowerment of the Spirit. Learn to hear His voice. How do you hear His voice? Uh, we've got, I mean, you can spend many, many Sundays on that. But like, for example, perhaps you're reading through a list there and there's something that inside of you just thinks, I'm struggling there. That's the Spirit prompting you. And walk, it's just simple. Just go with the Spirit. In fact, later on, uh, in 25, Paul says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit again. And in that context, the Spirit is almost like in front of us, saying, hey, let's go this way. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Okay, so one side, desires of the flesh. Other side, fruit of the Spirit. Get to a little bit more of an enjoyable side of the battle. Um, fruit. First thing to notice, Paul says fruit. Oh no, I planned it so well. Spreading okay, Freddy, where are you? Okay, this. Oh, it's okay. It doesn't matter. This is an apple. There should have also been a seed there, but someone's, <laughs> it's someone. It's added. It's fine. Don't worry about it. That's definitely not a seed. But we can use our imagination. Okay. <laughs> this apple was not always like this. Many, 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 many years ago, it started as a seed. That's a mind blower right there. That is a mind blower. And Paul's. And a time of ministry, please. Praise <laughs> break. Uh, <laughs> try as it might, if I was to put that seed on that drum and leave it for like five years, ten years, and it wasn't to get moved. It lasted five minutes before it got moved. But imagine it didn't get moved for ten years. Try as it might, like as hard as it can, like, you know, like self, like positive thinking, like reading books and like thinking like there's ten top ways to grow into an apple and things like that. <laughs> like, it's never going to become an apple. It's just never going to become an apple. And the reason for that is there's no soil, there's no water, there's no sun. So if it wants to become a fruit, this lovely apple, then it needs water, soil, sun, and maybe some other stuff as well. And it's exactly the same with us as Christians. If we want to live a life that's more loving, that's more patient, kind, faithful, then we can't do it on our own. We'll just be like these seeds. We need to ask the Spirit. We need to be attached to a, um, a source of growth, our mud, soil, and sun. And in our cases, it's Jesus, it's mm -hmm. God, it's the Spirit. Yeah. John 15, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Mm. As a Christian, you get crafted into Christ. You become one with Christ. Mm. It's amazing, the beginning of Ephesians, in Christ, it's amazing. It talks all about, like, it's just incredible. Read Ephesians 1 if you want to be excited about becoming a Christian. How we live a godly life is be by being attached to the source of growth. What is the source of, source of growth? It's Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit inside of us. It's branches 
He is the vine, we are the branches. Mm. <laughs> Straight. It's the same with us. Okay, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Wow, what a list. Mm. I just love reading it. I've obviously prepared. Um, <laughs> you probably won't be able to tell. But I've prepared this morning. And the amount of times I've just gone through that list. Love, joy, peace. It's just absolutely beautiful. It is so countercultural from the world that we live in that is just full of anger. Yeah, there might be a little bit of love here and there, but generally it's anger, division, uh, you know, just all those things. But here, it's like, you know, like on a crisp winter morning when it's blue skies and you take a deep breath and you're like, well, that feels good. There's air, it feels nice. This is the same feeling that I get when I read this. Love, joy, peace, patience. It just makes me think, wow I want to be part of that I want to be part of that I want to be part of a church that is like is, is starting to develop these fruits I just want to be surrounded by people who are full of love full of joy full of peace these are the fruits of the spirit and it's just it's just beautiful it really is and we, we don't have time to go through all of it uh, I just want to touch on two very very briefly and the first one is love I think arguably Paul's put that first because love is like the greatest fruit. God is love. Everything God does comes out of love. Why did he create humans? Did he need us? No. It's because of an overflowing of love. Why did he rescue the Israelites when they were, you know, like going back to Pharaoh and all the things that they were doing? Love. It wasn't just because, oh, they're my people. It was love. Why did he send Jesus? What's the gospel? For God so loved the world. Mm. Like God is love. And we are attached to the vine. We are attached to Jesus mm. through the spirit. So one of our fruits is love. It's going to be love. As we walk the Christian walk, we're going to start seeing ourselves feel more love develop more love and notice just one other comment about fruit it starts small and it gets bigger and it's the same with the christian walk when you first get saved you perhaps are looking at someone who's been a christian for 50 years and think wow they're so full of love they're so full of peace well fruit grows mm. but as we walk with the spirit our love will grow for people for the city for god mm. our peace will grow you know what, I'm really praying about what my work situation. It just feels, ah, oh, the peace of God just comes upon you. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's just, it's just, just lovely. 1 Corinthians 13, great wedding scripture. Love is patient, love is kind, love does not you know, boast and do all that sort of standard. Do you know what happens before? Just before that, you have this, and Paul talking about these incredible gifts. One gift being faith to move mountains. And you think, wow, that's a cool gift to have. Yeah. And another gift, uh, voices or like tongues like angels. And you think, wow, that's a cool gift. Don't know what it is. Probably like sound like Ed Sheeran or something, don't you? <laughs> really, no. But what it says after that, what Paul goes on to say, says you can have faith to move mountains and you can have, you know, uh, uh, tongues like angels. <laughs> But if I do not have love, I'm a clanging gong, like a crashing cymbal. It's just, it's just noise. It's horrible. It's rubbish. Not interested. 
Paul says it's all about love. If you don't have love, it doesn't matter how gifted you are. It doesn't matter that you can move mountains and say, go. It doesn't matter if you sound like Ed Sheeran. If you don't have love, you sound like Josh By. Terrible. No. Yeah, that's how bad my voice is. It's like clanging cymbals. It's rubbish. And so it's such an important like, uh, act, like character as a Christian. It's actually why we value, like, in leadership, I'm often saying uh, to people, like, I, yeah, gifting is kind of like a little bit important. Like, if you lead worship, it is nice that you can sing, it is nice that you can play the guitar. But what I'm really interested in is character. It's love. Okay, so that's love. Uh, and it, I, I think also, with love, you can kind of see, if you love, if you love people, you also are kind, you also are patient. So it kind of like is a bit of an umbrella term for the others as well. Um, and then the last one I want to just touch on is joy. And it's brilliant. Uh, Verity, Beth and Nina, I don't think they saw my notes today. They, oh, maybe they did. It's all a conspiracy. Uh, um, they spoke about joy. A fruit of the spirit coming a close second behind love is joy. Like, guys, we can be happy. Yeah. We really can be happy. We have this amazing, amazing news. And I loved what Verity said. She's like, I kind of, I don't really know what else to say other than joy. <laughs> it's like, there's not really anything else other to say. It's joy. It's amazing. What's amazing? The gospel. God is amazing. Yeah. There's so many things that we can be joyful for. What really frustrates me is when I speak to non-Christians and they say, Christianity is boring, it's irrelevant, it's grey, it's dull, it's like it's buildings, like nice but old and rubbishy. That isn't Christianity. Christianity is here. It is joy. That's why you might see when I'm worshipping, sometimes I do some jumping or some clapping out of time, completely out of time. Now it's like, shut up, Josh. I'm just too happy. I need to like do something in this life. Yeah. <laughs> but like, as Christians, we have this incredible news. And it means that, it doesn't mean that, you know, like, we have really tough news to hear and then we're like, oh, we're happy anyway. You know, <laughs> there, there, is a, there is a time for everything. But actually, at the root of who we are, we can be full of joy because we know where we're heading. Yeah. We know this love, joy, peace, patience. We know where we're heading. Yeah. And we also know what Jesus has done for us. And joy was in Jesus. John 15. Um, I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you. Jesus was full of joy. Mm. And where are we? We're in the vine. And so one of the fruits is of the Spirit is joy. Mm. So guys, you have my permission, probably not added, to clap out of time. <laughs> we, can, we can be a church that all clap out of time. And be happy and be excited because it is amazing news. Yeah. Like, all joking aside, Ali chooses great songs that remind us of who God is. I just get excited and I'm thinking, wow, that's my dad. It's amazing, yeah. you know, like, oh, I don't know, like, powerful creator and all these sorts of, I'm like, wow, dad, Abba, father, daddy, that's you. I mean, core, that, that, is, that is worthy of joy. Yeah. That, just, that is just worthy of joy. I enjoy seeing my football team win. Yeah, I cheer sometimes, I'll, I'll have you know. Yeah, this is like in absolutely no comparison. This is like dead to life. Eternity away from God, eternity with God. That's something to be happy about. Eternity in the kingdom of God. 
And what I love about this list, and I'm just going to finish on this, is so when I, when I was younger and uh, I went to a, a school in England, and every day before before like the lessons started, we'd have an assembly, big group, you know, 500 people, kids, and we would all together go through the Lord's Prayer. Disciples asked Jesus, "How do you pray?" And he said, "Hey, this is a way to pray." Matthew 6, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will, your kingdom come. I prayed that every day for years when I was at school. To be completely honest, I never really thought about what does it mean for your kingdom to come? I don't know if that's something that you have thought about. When Jesus prayed, your kingdom come, what did he mean? Or have you just gone through the, our oh, Father, you know, like the, the steps of the prayer? Well, Romans 14, 17, you don't need to turn there, but it says this, The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's the kingdom of God. The fruit of the Spirit is the kingdom. What does the kingdom of God look like? Love. What does the kindom of God look like? Kindness. Gentleness, self-control, patience, goodness. It's the kingdom of God. And then so the question is, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. How does God's kingdom come? Through us. We can be the answer to Jesus' prayer all those years ago. It's not some like whiffy-waffy, like strange prayer. Like It is very practical. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, how does it come through us? What does it look like? A people full of love, full of joy. That's the kingdom of God. And it's beautiful. And we get to be a part of it. So on, you know, even when we leave this room now, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, when we're not part of like church family, we carry the kingdom with us. Perhaps you've heard someone say to you, do you know what? You just seem like a little bit different. You seem a bit peaceful. You've obviously got it together. You just seem like you're a little bit more loving than most other people. Well, sorry, it's not you. It's the spirit inside of you. It's the kingdom of God impacting earth. It's the answer to Jesus' prayer. It's amazing. It really is beautiful. And like one day, Revelation 21, I won't read it all. I have got it, but I won't read it all. We're too late. One day, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death, mourning, crying. That goes goes and what does that what's replaced what's replacing that love joy peace patience the kingdom of god what we are in will one day pass away god will come he will be with his people just like back in genesis he was with his people adam and eve he walked with them that's going to be happening again there will be no more tears no more mourning no more death the kingdom will come forever forever but now we have this great responsibility of through the spirit just bringing down the kingdom as it is in heaven to earth every so often into school into university into home it's amazing that's that what we call to that's the point of the fruit of the spirit is to bring people introduce people to the kingdom introduce people to the king love joy peace patience <coughs> Okay, so we have two sides of the battle. Desires of the flesh 
ugliness. Look at it and think about it and ask God, is there something that I need to work on? Is there something that in my life is not just quite right? And if there is, how do you change? How do you deal with it? You invite the Spirit. You say, Jesus, God, I want to walk with the Spirit. Help me get over my jealousy towards church plant leaders. <laughs> Crazy jealousy that is, but there we go. And God is good. He is just. Jesus said, come and drink. Come and drink. Come and drink. Come and drink. To do that. Such a privilege to be planting a church. And what we're actually really doing is we're bringing the kingdom into different places. It's beautiful. It's amazing. I love it. And do we need to do it on our own? No. We're attached to Jesus, the source of growth, the vine. That's something to be happy about. I'm going to pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for who you are. God, I thank you that you so love the world that you sent your only son. I thank you that out of that love, today we're here in Gothenburg and just worshipping you and learning from your scriptures of who you are and how good you are. And, and it's just amazing, Lord. I, ju I just ask you, God, to just send your spirit again. Fill, it, fill us up. I thank you that the spirit is not just a once-off, but we can regularly come whenever needed and say, Jesus, we're thirsty, we need more, and continually be filled with your spirit. God, I, I do pray for this week. I pray may we just uh, be such good representatives of you o o on earth. Lord, I pray for our lives. Uh, I pray may we just live lives wholeheartedly for you. May we sort of like forget about the others, the, the, the desires of the flesh, the things that can be tempting, and just say, no, I want to go for you, Jesus, and you only. And Spirit, I pray, help us. Help us to be people of love, people of joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. Help us, Lord. We need help. We can't do it on our own, but we thank you that we, you, you said we can't do it on our own, and you sent the Spirit. So good. You're so wonderful. Yes. Love you, Jesus. Yeah. Such a privilege to be called a son. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Okay, now, obviously I'm aware... Emil, could you do the thing? This is, this is off record. 